This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's fuck this shit. So what were you saying? Okay, so I just told Audrey that instead of opening (laughs) Audacity, which is what I record, we used to record this podcast, I opened Steam. Audrey asked me, what's Steam? I don't know. What is it? It's like how you play games on your computer. Is it something that I'm supposed to? Yeah, it's like one of the most popular like apps on a (laughs) computer. And she was like, well, don't you just, like, click on the game icon and just go? <laughs> like Roller Coaster Tycoon? Yeah. I mean, I, I, ironically, I do have Roller Coaster Tycoon downloaded on Steam. But, like, look at your computer, Audrey. Is there a disk drive on your computer? Oh, no, there's So how do you, there's do you think people just have external disk drives and, like, pop in? I honestly, this is the first time I've ever thought about that. Well, you know, sometimes I get to teach you things. I do have Discord downloaded on my computer, but that's because I did Connor's stream that one time. Yeah, and you like to talk to perverts on Discord. <laughs> like that's like the child porn. Like, did you ever like go on chat roulette when you were uh, uh, growing up? No, I was a like Neopets girl. You didn't like hang out with your friends and go on chat roulette and like see random. Here's dicks? the thing, Audrey. Um, I didn't have friends. I mean, you could have also done it by yourself. I don't know. No, I didn't have friends before I went to college. Uh, all my oh, friends okay. I met were online on Neopets. My first, some really deep Christina lore is my first boyfriend I ever met. I met on Neopets.com. How old were you? Like 20? No, fuck you. <laughs> I was 16. My parents flew his ass out to Lufkin, Texas. I hate this. I hate this story. And then I, I flew out to like... His home in oh my god Orange County. Please California. stop. I went on vacation with his family in Hawaii, and then I broke up with them the day after that we got home. <laughs> That's a power move, honestly. Wow. Okay. I don't know why I'm sharing all this information that I like. Don't tell anyone ever in person. I got my first boyfriend the normal way, uh, taking naps next to each other in preschool. Weird flex, but okay. I feel like I that would be a good way to make a boyfriend now. To, like, sleep next to somebody. I think yeah. generally that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know some boys that I'd like to sleep next to. Here we go. <laughs> Who's on your mind? I don't know where I was going with that one. I've, I've had a really long day. You've had a really <laughs> long day. Do you want to talk about boys that we'd like to sleep next to that are hockey yeah. players? Who are we talking about today that we were like, please come lie on top of me? Was it, was it Jamie, Jamie Ben? Yeah. Mm. 
And I just want to say that I, I feel really vindicated because like probably three months ago, Christina was like, you're a real pervert for thinking Jamie Ben is hot. What's wrong with you? You're not allowed to have any opinions. And then at 7 a.m. this morning, Smash I Smash like cut gift. to today. <laughs> Christina is like, raw me, Jamie Ben. <laughs> would you like to talk about Caps Canes? I don't know. I don't think you would. I'm fine. I needed, I told you, I needed like 12 to 18 hours to be sad. And I got that out of my system yesterday. And I feel, I feel fine now. So uh, the Canes were the last wildcard team to best their opponent. And, you know, I went into that game really not sure who was going to win. Yeah. And, and I also think that just, just like reading about it, like in, in, the, in the last couple of days, from what I'm seeing is that like the Canes were a little bit, I, I think they were slept on a little bit this year. I guess like oh, they have sure. some, some stats or whatever <laughs> that said they're good. See, I went into this game going, the Caps are going to blow this. And boy, and were boy, you ever they. not surprised? Was I ever not surprised? 3-1, the most dangerous lead in hockey. <laughs> Bless their hearts. They came up from a 2-0 lead. Literally the most, da- <laughs> the most dangerous lead in hockey. What's there to say? It went to double overtime. I wanted oh. to die. Did you finish the game? No, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I watched the first period of overtime and by the time like it got to the you know eight minute mark i was like this is gonna go to double ot and i can't i can't do it it was already 11 o'clock you told me you told me that you were going to bed like five separate times i had such bad heartburn (laughs) (laughs) starting like as soon as the puck dropped that i was just i took a xanax and uh, a significant portion of the cbd oil that was delivered to me last week does it work and yeah it does Ooh. Yeah, and then double overtime started, and I made it about three minutes in. I got up to brush my teeth and uh, got back in bed, scrolled through Twitter for 10 more minutes, saw that they lost, and then turned my light out, turned over, shed about three tears, and then went to sleep. Just three? Yeah, probably just three, which is a lot for me. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm imagining you, like, furrowing your brow, like, like squeezing out (laughs) i was i was fine i was like fuck that sucks and then someone sent me a message that was like still champs and i was like no and then i and then i cried for like 30 seconds and then i went to sleep from my perspective you know i wanted them to i don't know who i wanted to win like to be it's fine christina we don't have to get into it we don't have to get into the psychology of how you in your nino jersey is the one thing that caused the Cavs to lose last night it's fine i'm over it no the reason the reason that like the the canes won the series you know that is because because we we went to raleigh Oh, it was our fault. It's our fault. It's 100% our fault. No, I think like it's nice because if you've been a Caps fan for longer than, let's say, one year, one calendar (laughs) year, you're familiar with the feeling of waking up the day after they get eliminated from the playoffs and just being really fucking upset and like angry and seeing like other people react the same way. And I saw a lot less of that this year, which I you think... You can't be that bad because you won last right, year. Right, exactly. Even, you know, in the players' exit interviews today, 
there was a lot less of a kind of like a sense of being defeated, a sense of just like not knowing what was going to happen over the summer. There was a lot more of like, I'm excited to come back. I know that we can do this. We've done it before and I'm excited to get started next season like already. So that was at least good. So are you going to root for the Canes now? Yeah, obviously. (laughs) I'm really, like, let's talk about them. I'm really happy for them. Yeah, I'm really happy for them. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm like, I'm fully back on the Go Canes bandwagon. Let's go. It's interesting looking back at this series. The Canes had the second most inexperienced roster of all the playoff teams. With the exception of, like, Jordan Stahl and Justin Williams. Mr. Game 7. What you were saying about people underestimating them, people probably thought that was with a team that inexperienced heading into the playoffs that they were going to get nervous and they were going to let the expectations get the best of them. And instead, you saw them just stay calm and stay the course and not let any of this like outside stuff get to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, their first two wins at home were insane. I mean, yes. like, especially the game that we were at, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Why did I laugh like that? I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, and I think that, like, you can credit a lot of that to, like, the steady, steady coaching. Rod the Bod has mm-hmm. just been a motivator. He's been, like, a dad. He's been, he, I think he's, he's been He's been everything. whatever they needed at the right time, which is awesome. Yeah. He, <laughs> did you watch just the speech he gave, like, after he came I back? I love him into the, so fucking much. He said something about, like, the... <laughs> like hold on to your ding dings or something we love i love him and like justin williams too he's just he he, he's been there and you know he knows what to tell those boys to like get him to calm down and i'm really excited i really hope svetch comes back he's not playing tonight which is good like don't don't rush him go canes this was such a demonstration going back to the caps of their inconsistency like that was their bit that was the biggest issue that they struggled with during the series you know it was a lack of secondary scoring it was a lack of being able to play more than fucking 15 minutes of good hockey a night <laughs> yeah and like jesus christ they better work on conditioning over the summer Bags because they were boys gas during and i mean i would have been too after 90 minutes of hockey yeah i don't really like the way that that's a playoffs i hate sudden death ot and i hate the possibility of like double overtime i think it should it's be just like so how long. they do, do it during like the regular season some people really don't like that format i just think it asks too much of them okay like you're gonna play like double overtime and then if you win, you could be potentially playing two days later. Like that's exhausting. Like the Canes are playing tonight. No, I know. Yeah. Anyway, we're back on the we're back on the Canes bandwagon. I'm getting all my targeted ads on every website are for moving companies and apartments in Raleigh. So that's great. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh Audrey to Raleigh question mark. <laughs> so another series was wrapped up this week in spectacular fashion i'm still pissed about it are you still pissed about it i think i'll be mad about this until i die uh in another overtime was it overtime yeah it was it, was, it went overtime yeah it did this is we're talking about vegas and sharks and fuck the sharks fuck the first of all fuck the sharks second of all fuck the sharks third of all fuck the refs oh man there's just so many issues at play here so I watched, like, the first half of this game, and then, like, I thought, like, Vegas had it in the back. They had a 3-0 lead. They had a 3-0 lead halfway through the third period. Most dangerous. The most dangerous lead in hockey. 
So I was like, all right, I, I watched double overtime of them already once this week. I, I just, I get to go to bed now. Like, I'm tired. Yeah. And uh, I really should not have done that. Everything fell apart. It was my fault, again. So Cody Egan in a face-off against Joe Pavelski, and um, he cross-checked Pavelski. And so just because of, like, it was, like, a kind of a freak accident, Mm -hmm. Pavelski slipped. He hit his head on the ice. He was, like, bleeding. It looked really bad. Very gross. And so the refs come together. They give Cody Egan a five-minute cross-checking major, and then they give him a 10-minute game misconduct and throw him out of the game. Just to take you through, like, the minute by minute after that, uh, seven (laughs) seconds after that, uh, San Jose scores, so that's 3-1. And then about 50 seconds later, they made it 3-2. And then about three minutes later, 3-3. And then literally less than 30 seconds after that, 4-3 lead. So what the fuck, first of all? (laughs) So the reason that call was so bad is because it was assessed after... The refs didn't call it. Yes. Like, at, at, at the time. And so, like, I, I understand that, uh, like, refing hockey is extremely hard just because it is such a fluid sport. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of problems with kind of doing this, like, hindsight 2020 refing, especially in Game 7 of a, like, playoff series. What's so egregious is that, you know, they were asked to explain this <laughs> on the ice, and the refs said it looked bad. Like it quote unquote looked bad. And that's why that's why they tossed him from the game. That's not how this works. This is not a like fly by the seat of your pants like fucking thing that you can just toss out. And I understand that like it made it it looked like a malicious hit like it because of him falling backwards and hitting and like literally splitting his head open. It looked like Cody Eakin did that on purpose with the intent to harm him. But a referee saying he cross-checked him in the head when you can go back and clear and literally that's the worst part is that all of us at home and all of the fucking hockey men on twitter and everybody Mm -hmm. was going back and looking at that replay everyone could see that replay that that stick was nowhere near his head the only people who could not see that were the refs on the ice who didn't call it at the time like something is broken in your system if that is what's happening however which way you cut it that is what decided the game well, I mean, <laughs> to play devil's advocate, it was a terrible call, right? Yeah. Cody Eakin getting tossed from the game and Pavelski getting injured did not score four goals. But those goals wouldn't have happened if there hadn't been a man advantage. That's not the only factor that was at play here. I you know, know. I know. It's a man advantage. It's not It's not five on three. Yeah. Also, all four of those goals happened in a three-minute span. So I'm pissed about that. And Vegas fans will be pissed about it. I mean, this is like, I mean, it's kind of fun because it's like a birth of a probably extremely fierce new rivalry because mm-hmm. that sucks. They're all justifiably very pissed. Jonathan Marchessault was like in Short the locker King. room saying, fuck the refs. He's right to say so. He's, he should say it. And they, they weren't expecting to get bounced this early. And honestly, neither was I. And honestly, the Knights are the better team. Sorry. And if God loves me, and I believe he does because I'm beautiful, talented, and cool, the Sharks will get bounced in four by the apps. Sure. Well, speaking of round two, we should take some calls. Let's do it. Hi, bunnies. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Uh, to Audrey, I just want to say my condolences. Uh, to Christina, go Caps. Excuse me, go Canes. Um... My question is, 
uh, about brackets, seeing as that basically everyone's back is, is uh, thoroughly fucked. Uh, what predictions do you guys have going forward uh, in this uh, playoff season? Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Thanks so much. Have a great day. So, uh, yeah, so we took a little peek on our bracket challenge uh, because of this question. I looked at my bracket for the first time in like a week today, and it is embarrassing. I can't score any more points. I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm out. I- I'm done. <laughs> but uh, the one person who sits atop our our bracket is a little lady named Olivia, who has a really great strategy, I think, for, for picking whichever team is going to win each matchup. Her Stanley Cup final is Stars Canes. Whenever I looked at this, I thought it was just like, oh, she just picked all the upsets. But that's not what she did. So she has, she she correctly picked San Jose, Dallas, St. Louis, Columbus Blue Jackets, Boston, Carolina, and the Islanders to all to go through. Insane. It's insane. What was her logic, pray tell, behind making this bracket? Well, Audrey, it, uh, it wasn't personal preference. It wasn't uh, just random. Uh-huh. She calculated <laughs> the number of Geminis. Yeah. On each team, and whichever team had the most Geminis, she had <laughs> advancing. And uh, that seems to be the only accurate way to predict who wins each matchup. The stars so, don't lie. They don't lie. They truly do not. I can't tell you how much I love this. Astrology is real. But, like, she's beating everyone. I know, I know. By, like, hundreds of points. <laughs> it rocks. My bracket prediction is that... Olivia is a witch, and <laughs> Gemini's decide everything. Peak Puck Bunny's content right there. I know. I was so happy. Thank you so much, Olivia, for giving us this gift. But I don't know. I mean, it's In the real world where we're not talking about astrology, I, I find it hard to make a prediction. Like, I'm scared. Let's go matchup by matchup. Let's start, let's start with stars and blues. I mean, I know what my heart wants. I want the stars to win. I don't think they're going to I it. think this is going to be really tight. The question for the stars is Ben Bishop has been lights out so far in the postseason. How long can he keep that up? We'll see. The Blues have, I think, a lot more forward depth mm-hmm. than the stars do. So it's going to be kind of a question of like, how do you set your lines to counter that? Like, are you going to load up your first line and then just kind of say, okay, we'll just see what happens the rest of the time? Or are you going to try and distribute, you know, Ben, Radulov, Segan and try and like even it out? What's your prediction? I think it's going to be Blues in six. I also think it's going to be Blues in six. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm bummed about it because I would really like the Stars to go like all the way, at least to the Western Conference Final. Listen, we've been wrong about everything else, so let's hope we're wrong about this. We're like willing it into the universe that like the boys will do it. What about Kane's Islanders? Again, I know what my heart wants. And I know what's like likely to happen. I think this is going to be a really long series. I think it's going to go to seven. Yeah, I think it's going to go to seven. This is like two very heavy hitting teams. Mm-hmm. The Islanders play this very slow, defensive, bruising game. They play boring hockey. They play boring hockey, the Barry Trot specialty. And <laughs> like, I'm interested to see. I know they're playing like literally right now. How the Islanders are coming off ten days off. Not fair. And the Canes played literally 48 hours ago, and it went to double OT. So I'm kind of interested to see how that works out. I think it's going to be Isles and Seven. 
I say Kane's in seven. Wow. Because I think Svetch is going to come back. Uh-huh. Is Furlan going to come back? He's supposed to. So I think like they're probably going to be back by game two or three. And I think that's going to be the infusion that they need. And I think that they're so high on their own farts right now that, like, honestly, like, whatever Justin Williams can whip them up to do, they want to please dad so bad. The Brock McGinn effect. Oh, my God. Where's Skinner? <laughs> what about Shark's abs? I'm wearing my abs sweatshirt right now. The abs better fucking win. They're not going to, though. This is actually a very interesting series to me. What's crazy is that, like, San Jose barely survived their round one matchup. They only survived because Martin Jones had one really good game. Yeah, and also they paid off the refs. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Talk about it's exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, while they literally barely got out of the first round, the abs walked all over the flames. They had such a dominant performance. More than any other team, I think, they they swept them so fast and so completely. What's weird is that, like, on paper, it looks like the Sharks are a better team because mm-hmm. they've been playing better hockey for so much longer. So it's easier to put stock into something that you've watched for longer. But it's that's not what's been happening so far. I mean, Pavelski's injured. They don't know when he's coming back. I think that, like, the Avs have a stronger uh, offensive. They put a stronger offensive style put together. I don't know what the fuck I was just saying there. But, yeah, like, their their lines are, like, their first line is so fucking good. I'm trying not to get too excited about the Avs because, like, San Jose does look so much better on paper, but then, like, so did Calgary. So I don't know what to do. Also, Grubauer is way better than Jones. I mean, right right now, yeah, he's on uh, the heater of his life right now. And also... I just want Nathan McKinnon to get the recognition that he deserves. And I think, like, this is his real chance to shine in a way that he hasn't gotten a chance to in the past few years. So I hope they do it. I think it's going to be Sharks in seven. (laughs) I think it's going to be Sharks in seven as well. Fuck the Sharks. Uh, I hate them so much, Audrey. I hate them so much. But you know what? If they go to the West Western Conference final and lose like that would almost be better because that would be maximum pain yeah if they like miss Stanley Cup <laughs> final again a girl can dream blue jackets bruins Oof. i have a hot take okay i think it's gonna be blue jackets and six wow regardless of our predictions i think we can we can say with complete certainty that this is going to be the heaviest hockey out of all of the series lives will be lost tortorella's strategy i think most of the time is like grind the other team down like physically mm-hmm. and so like they played game one last night and the bruins ended up pulling it off in ot the key to this series i think is that columbus needs to stay super disciplined because the Bruins' power play is lethal. I think it's going to be Bruins in six. Ooh. I think it's going to be okay. Bruins in six because I don't think that Columbus can stay disciplined. I would love to see them prove me wrong, but I think that feel they're feeling high and mighty and very cocky coming off beating Tampa. And I think that as soon as the Bruins start like giving them a lot of trouble, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very frustrating. And it's going to get very frustrating very fast. And then they're going to start taking those penalties. Regardless, a lot of hot guys in that one. Yeah, a lot of boyfriends. That's a boyfriend matchup. (laughs) Big boyfriend matchup. We got a DM from somebody this week who said, I'm moving to DC 
first of all, condolences. Why the fuck would you do that? Do you want to take over my lease? I'm moving in like a month. Anyway, (laughs) I'm moving to DC and I'm wondering, one, what neighborhood should I live in? And two, I've never lived in a city with a hockey team before. I grew up in Houston. So am I obligated to root for the Caps now or can I keep all of the Red Wings gear my dad bought me? No, stay with the Wings. My philosophy, as always, is that you can like more than one team. As somebody who (laughs) grew up uh, liking a very terrible West Coast team, then moved and started liking a very terrible East Coast team, one of them will eventually win the Stanley Cup, (laughs) in my experience. You can like as many teams as you want. You can like as many teams as you you want. Uh, You will find, after moving to D.C., that most Caps fans are insufferable. They're bad. Um, Neighborhoods you should live in. None of them. You should not. You move should to not DC. move to DC. Okay, this is another text. Um, my friends and I were having a discussion about how bad Isles fans look when they openly hate on John Tavares. From a human perspective, I think it's important to support players once, even if it means leaving a team you support. That being said, I know it can be hard to separate that out from your fan emotions. Is there any case where openly hating a former player from your team is okay, or will it always make your fan base look bad? That's a really interesting question. Well, first of all, do you think that that Isles fans look bad when they hate on Tavares? Isles fans look bad when they wake up in the morning and they look bad when they go to sleep at night. So, yeah. <laughs> Damn, that was harsh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they look fucking awful. Yeah, and they it's embarrassing. I think you're right about the human perspective. Like you should, if you, if you really care about a player, you should, you should want the best for them, whether that's like getting their money or being in an environment that's more supportive to like what they want to be doing. I don't think I've ever hated a player unless I know that they're like a a pervert. Yeah. Like a sex pervert. (laughs) Yeah. If you leave your team for sex pervert reasons, then you're absolutely allowed to hate them. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only, that's the only time you can hate them. I guess the real scenario where you're allowed to hate players who leave your team is if they leave and then they consistently shit on your city and your fan base. And I don't know any player that does that. You gotta be really stupid to do that. Here's the last text we got this week. Which hockey players do you think would survive in a slasher film, like Jason or Freddy movies? Uh, And who do you think would die first in one? They would all die first. But if you had to choose... (laughs) uh, It should come as no surprise to literally anybody who listens to this, that I do not watch scary movies um, because they are scary. They scare me. Yeah, Audrey's a freak and, like, (laughs) she's that person who goes on Wikipedia and, like, looks up spoilers. I think a lot of people do that. (laughs) Who do you think would die first? Um, I think... Oh, the Kachucks. Both of them. Yeah. They would die instantly. Assholes. Any assholes die first. Yeah, they'd they'd be, like, the ones who, like, go into the basement to try to fuck, like, fight him. The dumb, pretty ones, too, would be out. Like Tom Wilson. Oh, instantly. I think the one who would last the longest would be Sidney Crosby. Yes, 100%. Or like a a Marc-Andre Fleury. I feel like goalies kind of, goalies would have the skills. They have final last girl vibes. Yeah. (laughs) Final girl vibes. Or like a Mitch Marner. (laughs) Oh my god. Yes, yes. Mitch, Mitch you you look at him and you're like, he looks so helpless and like innocent, but he's because in horror movies there's a trope called like the final girl, and the final girl is always she's usually a virgin, and Mitch is the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mitch has never had sex in his life, so Mitch is the final girl. Who do you think would be the serial killer? 
Uh, who's the creepiest hockey player? Like, who will wear your skin? You know who it is? Patrick Kane. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that's not even a stretch. Patrick Kane, yeah. we've confirmed in the last couple of weeks, is a Nazi and is a serial killer. Another Puck Bunny exclusive. <laughs> you definitely only heard it here. Patrick Kane has killed people. And he's a white supremacist. Anyway, um, so this has been, like, the second one of our mini playoff episodes. Hope you guys are enjoying it. We did get, we got one more really, 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 really good call uh, <laughs> that I'm, I'm going to play after uh, we finish. So definitely stay tuned for that. Anyway, if you guys want to call in with any questions uh, for the next episode that we're going to pump out in a few days, you can give us a call or text us at 774-318-6952. You can DM us on Twitter. That's fine. I check those sometimes. I check them. Never. Don't get mad at me if I don't respond within 30 seconds. Thank you guys for rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. I'm trying to call it Apple Podcasts and not iTunes because it's no longer iTunes. Apparently it's Apple Podcasts. Okay. It's very nice when you guys say nice things about us. We both have very low self-esteem. So... Really, it helps us. Yeah, it really does. You guys do that. Like it, it bumps us up in the in the uh, rankings and the algorithm. The algo, the algo, as they call it. No one calls it that. In our quest to take down every other hockey podcast, it is very important. So in our war that we've now declared against Puck Soup, yeah, us versus Puck Soup. They don't know. Don't tell them. They won't ever know because I don't think they listen (laughs) to this podcast. But if they do, Ryan Lambert, it's fucking on. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash puckbunnies. You can follow us on Twitter at puckbunnies underscore pod and at Instagram at the fucked up handle that I still haven't changed at puckbunniespod. I'm Audrey. I'm Christina. And this has been Puck Bunnies. Bye. Bye, bitches. Um, I thought you might be interested in the story when I was like eight years old. Mike Bossy. um was doing a shooting demonstration and he called an eight-year-old goalie into the net and he was like this isn't how you shoot guys and he shot it to the kid's pads and he goes this is how you shoot and he tried to pick a corner and the kid saved it and mike boss he proceeded to start firing pucks this kid as an eight-year-old i was like this is fucked i thought it was hilarious and it's still a hilarious story and i think back on it a lot i think about what a great competitor that man was all right, <laughs> I'll talk to you. I've been hurt for, been hoping these four walls haven't spoken fear. If I don't go where I'm wanted, I'd be lost, I'd be haunted by you.
just go